And so we are here today outside the Baptist building to call for a couple of things. Uh, number one, we want to see the Missouri Attorney General's office um, investigate the Missouri Baptist Convention just as they investigated the Roman Catholic Church uh, over the last year. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a network of people and churches working together to spread the hope of Christ. For more than 25 years, CBF has been driven by its mission to serve Christians and churches as they discover and fulfill their God-given mission. Join the fellowship at work in long-term global missions in more than 25 countries. Join them too as they strive to form healthy congregations and support the ministers that serve them. Put your faith to action. Visit cbf.net to get connected. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the topic of clergy sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention and efforts that are being taken by advocates for victims of clergy sexual abuse, as well as by some Baptist leaders to help prevent future cases and to adequately respond and deal with abusers still in the midst. And to do so, we're going to listen to some remarks from two different individuals. Later on, we're going to be hearing from an advocate and some remarks calling on the Missouri Attorney General to investigate clergy and pastors in the Missouri Baptist Convention, something that could have some national ramifications. But first, I want to set the stage as to why this is even a topic that we should be thinking about. And so to do so, we're going to listen to some comments by J.D. Greer, president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, this has been an issue that has been building for for some time now. There was actually an effort nearly 20 years ago to try to push the Southern Baptist Convention to take some very proactive steps that unfortunately were not taken. But over the last couple of years, there's been increasing attention to this topic in the news and in Baptist churches. This particularly exploded in February of 2019, thanks to an investigation by the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News that documented more than 220 Southern Baptist staff members and volunteers who were convicted or pled guilty in cases of sexual abuse or misconduct from 1998 to 2018. Not only did that database spark a bunch of news, but it's also resulted in dozens of more cases being reported and has pushed the SBC to launch even greater efforts to prevent sexual abuse and to punish churches that condone leaders guilty of sexual abuse. And as part of that, just earlier this month, on February 18th, the SBC's executive committee voted for the first time to remove a church from the SBC because of sexual abuse charges. This was an action that targeted a church in Midland, Texas. And so, in light of all of that, J.D. Greer, as president of the SBC, made some remarks about this topic that I think are really important, as he urged Southern Baptists and really all Christians to take this topic seriously and do whatever could be done to prevent abuse and weed out abusers. So here are some of his remarks in June of 2019 at the Southern Baptist Convention's annual meeting in Birmingham, Alabama. You know, the problem of sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention did not begin in February with the publication of an article in a newspaper. We know that survivors and advocates have been calling our attention to this for years. 
And many have showed great courage in doing so, honestly, courage that they should not have needed to show. I will say that over the last year, and being in lots of conversations about this, I know that for most Southern Baptist pastors, the idea that their church might harbor an abuser is horrific. Almost every Southern Baptist pastor that I know got into the ministry to serve and to protect God's people. And they are heartbroken by this. Yet still we are here. And we are horrified at the reports of this happening and we are horrified at the complacency of some of those who knew that it was happening and did not do what it took to cause it to cease. And so at our annual meeting last year, Philip Bethencourt of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, he and I talked about him making a motion from the floor to ask the president to form a task force to address this crisis. And so being elected president, that group was one of my first acts. Appointing that group was one of my first acts. For months, this group, which consisted of leading experts in abuse prevention and care from around the country, listened to scores of victims and advocates, as well as partnering with Southern Baptists at all levels of our convention, working tirelessly to develop tangible steps to engage this issue of abuse. Little did we know when we formed this group in July that our Southern Baptist world would be rocked in February of this year by the in-depth reporting of the Houston Chronicle, which documented decades of abuse involving more than 200 abusers and 700 victims. More recently, the Chronicle captured the stories of several survivors who were victimized even by some of our own international missionaries. Furthermore, LifeWay's recent research survey on abuse uncovered that one in 10 churchgoers under the age of 35 have left a church because they felt abuse was not being taken seriously. So as Southern Baptists, we need to be honest with ourselves and recognize that we have failed in a number of ways. We have failed to adequately train our staff and volunteers on the national, state, and congregational levels to be aware of and to respond appropriately to abuse. We have failed to adequately care for survivors of abuse. We have failed by not taking disclosure seriously enough and by not easily enough believing the survivor. We have failed consistently to report abuse to civil authorities. We have failed by glossing over the behavior or the language of political, institutional, and congregational leaders when their behavior and their language glorified the mistreatment of women and children. We have failed by misusing church autonomy. Church autonomy is a precious Baptist doctrine, but it is no excuse for inaction. Southern Baptist polity has never precluded accountability. And let me hasten to add here that this is not to dismiss the many Southern Baptists who have acted in exemplary ways in responding to sexual abuse. Over the last year, we have heard countless stories of Southern Baptist leaders who have handled these issues in exemplary ways. But still, I think we can agree that there is more that we could have and that we should have done as a convention of churches. 
Finally, we have failed by tolerating unbiblical views on grace and forgiveness that allowed an abuser a second chance to prey on the vulnerable. Christian teachings on grace and forgiveness never mean covering up sin in ways that expose others to harm. Some actions are not only immoral, they are illegal. And somebody that has abused another should never, ever be in a position in our churches where they can do it a second time. And if they are truly repentant, they will understand that. Now, some of us may be tempted to believe that confronting abuse is a distraction from our primary mission. We come together for evangelism. But as I said in my presidential address, this is a gospel issue. It is a gospel issue for at least a couple of reasons. First, what greater lie could we illustrate about the gospel? At its core, the gospel is about God's commitment to protect the vulnerable. The cross shows us that God is a safe refuge for all who run to him in repentance. What greater lie could we tell about the gospel than for us to not be doing whatever it takes to make our churches safe places for the vulnerable? The second reason it's a gospel issue is why would the lost trust us with the message of salvation if they're not sure that they can trust us with the safety of the vulnerable? Why would survivors trust us to care for their souls if they're not sure they can trust us to care for their wounds? Some of us may be tempted to believe the numbers of incidents of Southern Baptist sexual abuse aren't really that bad comparatively. Maybe they say, well, considering we're a denomination of 15 million members and a couple hundred thousand employed staff in Southern Baptist life, that maybe the Chronicles reports are, are, are not that, that much, comparatively speaking. That's a terrible way of thinking. First, we know, we know that incidents of abuse are underreported. We know that it takes an extraordinary amount of courage to step forward, and that for everyone that steps forward, we know that there are others maybe countless others who, who have never come forward. And by the way, let me just add here that if you are here or listening on the live stream and that's you, could I encourage you to reach out to a, a trained counselor so that you could get instruction on, on how to prepare to take the, the necessary steps to, to report and to begin to seek healing. Maybe the bigger reason that this is a terrible way of thinking is simply this. Let me ask you, what if one of those reports was your son? What if one of those data points was your daughter? Would you say, well, it's, it's not that bad of a problem in our convention. Didn't Jesus leave the 90 and 9 to go and protect the one? My brothers and sisters, we are here today to declare that even one victim is one too many. Some may be tempted to say, well, our church hasn't, hasn't been guilty of this, and, and so going through this Caring Well Challenge and the things that you're putting forward, this just feels too cumbersome for us. It's not really a problem at our church. First, only a fool would look at the numbers and say, yeah, this can't happen. This can't happen at our church. 
Brothers and sisters, even beyond that, our Bible commands us to not let our good be evil spoken of. Is not the integrity of our gospel witness worth this price? And yes, if some churches have to go the extra mile to demonstrate that they are above reproach in this area, that should be a price that they are eager and willing to pay. So Southern Baptists, at this moment, we have to ask ourselves, and I ask you, are you ready to do all that you can to confront this Southern Baptist abuse crisis for the sake of the people that God gave into our care and for the sake of the gospel witness and its integrity? We are at a place where bold resolutions and sweeping statements are not sufficient. Victims do not want to hear us making bold declarations against abuse. They want to see us, that we care enough about this issue to do whatever it takes to make our churches safe for survivors and safe from abuse. Victims have told us words without follow-up actions are worse than no words at all. Later on in his remarks, J.D. Greer went on to talk about some of the things that were needed talking about a right heart and public statements and right partnerships and training, right resources, changes to governing documents, talked about ministry screening process, not just for clergy, but also for trustees of institutions in Baptist life and for a unified call to action. And after he he went through and and urged the pastors and other church leaders there to, to commit to take these actions, here are a few of his closing comments again last year at the SBC's annual meeting in Birmingham, Alabama. Brothers and sisters, there are survivors like Susan Cadoni throughout our churches and our communities. We owe it to them and to the Savior who shed his blood to redeem them and save them, to do all that we can to protect them from those who would abuse them in his house. Jesus said, Jesus said to the apostle Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. This is the moment for us to love our Savior and to serve his children. Southern Baptists, we cannot change our past. We cannot change our past, but we can shape our future. May God enable us to protect his sons and daughters for the sake of the gospel. Let's pray together. We'll be right back. But first, I want to let you know about a couple of special offers from Word and Way magazine. You enjoy the podcast. But if you're not a subscriber to our award-winning monthly magazine, you really are still missing out. And I want to make it easier for you to try it. $9.95 for one year, that's 50% off. All you have to do is go to tinyurl.com slash wwoffer. That's tinyurl.com slash wwoffer and try out our monthly magazine and I think you're going to really enjoy it. And for those of you who are subscribers, thank you. If you would like to help some of your friends at your church also subscribe to Word and Way, we have an offer for you as well. We'll send a bundle of issues from one month that can be distributed for free at your church so that other people can check out Word and Way and see why they too should want to subscribe. And all you have to do is go to tinyurl.com slash wwbundle and we will send that free bundle to your church to be distributed. That's tinyurl.com slash wwbundle. Now here's the rest of our conversation. The topic of clergy sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention and in other denominations is clearly a timely and important topic. There have been issues and cases across the country. But the next audio we're going to hear deals with a case that has come back into the news in Missouri. Over the past week, there's been a lot of attention to a 2005 case in which 
youth minister and music minister Sean Davies was convicted on charges of statutory sodomy, sex with a minor, and sexual abuse stemming from allegations involving at least 13 boys at four churches. He went on to serve time in prison in both Kentucky and Missouri. And at the time of his arrest, he was the music and youth minister at First Baptist Church in Greenwood, Missouri. And he had been hired there by the pastor Mike Roy. They had gone to seminary together before that at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, all this has come back to the news because Roy was appointed in October as a new member of the Board of Trustees for Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri. And we're in a way, we've covered quite a bit of the controversy between SBU and the Missouri Baptist Convention. The NBC actually rejected SBU's slate of nominees back in October and instead put forth five different nominees that the school had not chosen or vetted. And Roy was one of those five new nominees. Because of some of the press reports, at the time of everything was happening, there was local police that accused Roy of being uncooperative, also accused him of knowing about the investigation for four months before doing anything. And during that four months, Davies was still at the church and around children. And so because of all that, there have been some advocates for victims of clergy abuse, namely a group known as For Such a Time as This Rally that has been advocating for victims in the Southern Baptist Convention for a couple of years now. And they've been calling on SBU to remove the trustee. SBU has started an investigation. They've called on the Missouri Baptist Convention to withdraw the trustee. At first, the editor of the NBC's official publication attacked SBU for even investigating and defended Roy as allegations against him as being absolutely untrue. Some NBC leaders are now taking a little bit different stand, saying that they will also look into and investigate this case. Roy has denied the idea that he was uncooperative with police, although he hasn't publicly addressed the issue of the allegation about waiting four months before taking action. And so all this led then to both leaders from For Such a Time as This rally and from, and from SNAP, the Survivors Network for Those Abused by Priests, to gather together on February 26th outside the Missouri Baptist Convention headquarters in Jefferson City, Missouri. Uh, there they had a press conference. They criticized the NBC for their vetting process of the trustee, called on both the convention as well as the school to do whatever they can to remove him from that leadership position. And then they took another action that is particularly significant. They called on the Missouri Attorney General to investigate all Baptist pastors, all clergy with the Missouri Baptist Convention, to look for more cases of sexual abuse and sexual misconduct. And they know there's actually a precedent for this because just last September, Missouri's Attorney General released the report of his investigation into Catholic priests in the state. He'd investigated more than 2,000 priests in the state since 1945. They found credible allegations of sexual abuse or misconduct by 163 Catholic priests and deacons. Most of those had already died. Uh, others, the statute of limitations had passed. But his office referred 12 former clergy members to local authorities for potential criminal prosecution. And cases have been opened since then. And in fact, this is not just a Missouri thing. Attorneys General in at least 21 other states have launched similar investigations over the last two years. And so what the advocates for victims of clergy sexual abuse are saying is, all right, the state attorney general has looked at the largest religious body in the state. Now it's time to investigate the second largest group, and that would be the Missouri Baptist Convention. It could spark a whole nother wave of these types of investigations. While Catholics are the largest faith group in 36 states, Southern Baptists are the second largest denomination in the country, the largest faith group in 10 states, including some where Catholics are already being investigated, and the second largest in another six, including Missouri. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens 
from this call to the Missouri Attorney General as well as SPU and the NBC. But here's some remarks at the press conference by Cheryl Summers, an advocate with For Such a Time as This rally. We are here today outside the Baptist building to protect innocent kids and vulnerable adults. We are not here to punish anyone. We're not here to persecute anyone. This is about public safety. It's about victims healing. And when those things happen, there may be time for forgiveness, for redemption, but those are private actions. They're not public actions. Public actions are what keep others safe and help others heal. So we're gonna start with a really simple truth. Sexual violence happens when those who commit it or conceal it escape consequences. And we're here today in Jefferson City. Many of us drove a while in the cold, uh, snowy uh, day here. And uh, we're, we're here because we're afraid that that's exactly what's happening now in part because of the Missouri Baptist Convention. When wrongdoing or alleged wrongdoing is ignored or rewarded, people are apt to do wrong. And so in, in a nutshell, we fear that Mike Roy's presence on the SBU Board of Trustees is gonna hurt in two ways. Uh, number one, it may well discourage or deter uh, teenagers or young adults who were hurt from reporting crimes. Uh, second, it will rub salt into the already deep wounds of Sean Davies' victims. Appearances do matter. Uh, it matters to the Missouri Baptist Convention. It matters to SBU. And, and so perhaps Mike has been more responsible than he's been portrayed for the last 12 to 14 years in the media. Um, the perception matters that he was involved in a very serious uh, case of church abuse. In fact, some people have called it the biggest church abuse scandal in Missouri. And, and so it just seems prudent uh, that SBU wouldn't put Sean Davies' victims in this position. They wouldn't put future victims in this position. And so we are here today outside the Baptist building to call for a couple of things. Uh, number one, we want to see the Missouri Attorney General's office um, investigate the Missouri Baptist Convention just as they investigated the Roman Catholic Church uh, over the last year. Uh, SBU has said that they're going to conduct its, their own investigation into Mike Roy's conduct. Uh, we're calling on them to submit to an independent uh, investigation. We're aware of a number of, of organizations like Grace, Godly Response to Abuse in the Christian Environment, uh, who would be happy to step in and help them ascertain what happened at First Baptist Greenwood um, 12 to 14 years ago. Uh, so uh, we hope um, that action will be taken. It's, it's easy to talk about these things and say we're against abuse, but actions are, are important. Uh, we appreciate everybody coming out today and um, hope that we see some action out of the Attorney General's office, out of the Missouri Baptist Convention where they can act, and out of the Board of Trustees from uh, SBU. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist About an Adjective. 
You can learn more about these stories, particularly the conflict over the trustee at SBU that the NBC chose, by going to our website, wordandway.org. We've had several breaking news articles over the past week there on the site. You can find For Such a Time as This Rally at forsuchatimeasthisrally.com. And I hope you also remember to check out our sponsoring partner, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook and head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review to help more people to find the show. You can find easy-to-share links at podcast.wordandway.org. If you'd like to give to support this program, we'd greatly appreciate it. And all you have to do there at wordandway.org is hit the donate button. And whatever you give will help support the production of this podcast, as well as our website and monthly magazine. And speaking of that magazine, don't forget those special offers. You can get your first year for just $9.95, 50% off at tinyurl.com slash wwoffer. Or you can get a free bundle of copies of one issue for your church to be distributed at tinyurl.com slash wwbundle. If you have any comments or feedback about this program, please send them to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>